Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for December 6th of 2016. I'm Ryan Wilson. I'm Cameron Welch. This week we will discuss some concussion protocol briefly. Connor McDavid was pulled from a game and it seems to have caused quite a reaction um, about the protocol in place to uh, police players from themselves, I would assume. Uh, we will stay in Edmonton. And discuss maybe a potential Chris Russell extension and talk a little bit about the some of the conversations I've seen surrounding him on Twitter, perhaps. I've <laughs> 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 been, you know, going back and forth. And then uh, we took some listener questions. Um, it, I know it's going to come as a shock, but a, a lot of them are Penguins related. <laughs> can't really get away from that, can we? We can't shift it away from that. No, never. It never works. I mean, I'm fine answering them, but, you know, we're, we're good uh, answering other stuff as well. Oh, we did get one holiday question. I don't know how to answer that. Well, we'll get to that when we get there. <laughs> okay, concussions. The whole reason the new protocol was put in place was exactly what happened to Connor McDavid. You didn't actually see what happened, did you? I just looked it up. I saw him hit hit the ice. Now, I can understand why the coaching staff wouldn't want him to get pulled and the player himself not wanting to get pulled, but that's exactly why we have independent concussion spotters on hand to make sure that he's okay. He is the next 20 years of the league. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need him to miss out on his prime at his, you know, what is it? Is it 22 to, like, 25 is the prime scoring years we've found out over time? Yeah, that's it's close. Close. All right, so he's, what, 19? So he's got three years until he hits his peak. No his need to start. peak. He's yes. already passed many. Yeah, his peak, and he's already amazing now. So there are studies that show that, that repetitive wax to the brain either make a concussion a concussive hit worse or over time after his playing career can lead to CTE so it's like wax something like this in place he only missed six minutes of game time that's it and if it happens in a game seven it's unfortunate but that's the way it is and if somebody goes out of their way to uh, whack a hit on McDavid to have him out of the game in a game seven that's up to the officials to actually do their job properly and throw the guy and make it a five-minute major penalty so they can go on the power play. Yeah, pretty much. I, I don't want to see <coughs> McDavid lose his scoring prime. We've already seen Sidney Crosby lose it to just this. There was no concussion spotter when Steckel buried him. He still played another entire period, and then yeah. they actually let him play in the next game. He was, he, they did the, wasn't HBO filming it? Yeah. HB, the only reason everyone sort of knew about the Steckle hit was the HBO cameras. Nobody else caught it. He looked out of it then. Yeah. Yep. Totally. So I think we've come a long way since then. I think it's been good. Yep. I just, I don't understand. Like I watched the TSN coverage tonight of the 
the Senators and Penguins rehash of 1990s hockey. And the the panel was like, thankfully, like Bob McKenzie was like the, the voice of reason. And believe it or not, Craig Button was as well, was, yes, this is the protocol. This is what should be in place. We should be making sure that the players are safe because the players aren't going to look after themselves. And then Dave Poulin gets there and goes, no, nope, don't like it. You know, the, the players are going to know better than the concussion spotters that are um, that are in New York. And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. We're trying to move away from that thuggish, old-school view of the game. And you get people like that with the pulpit who can, who can push that agenda and make it harder to play to get the game safer for players. And a star player at that. He's the league for the next 20 years. And you put things in place like this because you definitely don't want your meal ticket to be out. But, you know, it, it doesn't matter who it happens to. Fourth line Correct. or McDavid, it's, it's got to be done. Yep. Totally agree. So I don't understand why there's that pushback from Edmonton on this. You know, you got to see... You know, Pittsburgh missed out on a, on a couple of great years of, of, of Crosby going through this. Don't make the same errors. Don't make the same mistakes. Learn from the history and make sure that, that your superstar gets to play through all the way through his prime. Yeah, I don't think there's really much else to add. I think, if anything, they should invest even more resources for spotters and everything so they get it right. Yeah, no, you're not going to hear me argue that. Everybody who listens to the podcast knows it's a bugbear of mine, all of this. So when it when it crops up that I think a positive change is getting, you know, negative press, I'm always going to try and defend it. <laughs> um, so they're, they're really going to make a decision as if they had a concussion, aren't they? The what do you mean? With Russell. Yes, that's nice segue. Nicely done. Um, yeah, I, that's like I said last week, this is going to be one of those contracts or, and players that's like a referendum on, on advanced stats. It's such a interesting game of ping pong on Twitter when you, you read through people for and against Chris Russell, really. Well, it's really going to be a process versus results argument at the moment. Yep. Yep. You got his goals for percentage is very good. But when you break that down, I think it's driven by things that he has no control over. But his uh, shot attempt metrics are very poor. The Oilers are playing in their end a lot more. So I think over time that's going to correct itself. Especially so over four years. <laughs> well, and, and this this is the thing. Like, if you're the Oilers, you've got all of this historical data of what happens when Chris Russell's on the ice. How much of the unmeasurable stuff makes up for the measurable stuff that looks like it's negative as a player? Um. I mean, and this is the general manager that got rid of Tyler Sagan because he didn't play Bruins style hockey. And Taylor Hall. <laughs> oh yeah, good call. <laughs> he traded the first and second pick of that draft. 
And it's not that Larson's been bad, it's just that they didn't get a big enough return. It was never about Larson as an individual player. It was just totally such a shit trade from their standpoint. It made no sense. And Larson could be... I haven't really dived into him too much this year. No, nor have I. I've watched a few... I'm sure he's not playing bad. No, that's true. It's it's one of those things with with Russell though. How how do you use the numbers to try and pitch him into a contract that's not going to burn you in a couple of years? That that that's the challenge. That that's I think where oh, I would no like to see the numbers move to. It's a very easy negotiation. Um, sorry, we're we're going in a different direction. <laughs> I think they're going to resign him though. I'm, really I'm just saying you're you're saying it would be difficult. It's a difficult thing to talk. And I'm just from where I am, it's yeah. I don't even have to have that conversation. This is pretty simple. Um, I don't want to invest long term into this. I uh, think you know this was a one year thing, and I'm going to try to look for better. And I think that's easily attainable. I totally agree with everything that you've that you've, you've said there. So I don't. <clears throat> So where's the pushback from that attitude? This is the bit that I kind of don't, I don't understand. It, it's, it's like people are trying to pick holes in the numbers that show that he's not great, as opposed to the people who rely more on the numbers, trying to find reasons why people think he's good. Do you know what I mean? Is it that hard to find positives about Russell? Well... You know, there's depends on what you think of block shots. Well, if you're blocking them all the time, you don't have to park. It's Correct. A causality. But, I mean, some some believe that to be a strength, like is a positive thing about him. I'm glad that he's well, tough he's, to get he's, in front of shot. But... He's a guy that, um, you know, can uh, really do. Um, a number on perception because he skates well. Yeah, but if you can't skate I, the park out of your zone, but but he does. He skates well, and that tra- like it's a Cam Fowler kind of thing too. Cam Fowler, um, I'm not comparing the two cast. Cam Fowler's better, um, but the, the perception of Fowler I think is a little bit more than what the actual value is he he's not a very good possession player at least he hasn't been the last few years but he does skate well and he he generates some offense from time to time so you get inflated based on skating even daily in pittsburgh very good skater but he um obviously a part of their cup run he played he played fine but the the knock on him has been not great possession but he'll make up for it with offense and this year he hasn't been kind of on that offensive front no he's not been great but the thing the thing for me though with daily and maybe it's because i watch this team you know game in game out you can see when they get hemmed in that it's him and marta like you can tell when they get hemmed in if they can't get out of their zone on the first recovery of the puck down low on a couple of quick passes with daily skating, then he's stuck. He's trapped. And it is repetitive shots over and over and over with with daily on the ice. But 
like you said, Pittsburgh knew that going into getting him and relied on the fact that well, they gave up the pre- worst version of him that can't skate <laughs> and with no yeah, offense. They grabbed, yeah, they grabbed him knowing that actually he they're had, not alike at all. Well, no, he can skate and like you said, he can generate offense. Like he can, he can clear the zone on his own, which is something that obviously who they got him to replace just could could not do. And you you get there and and you can see the positives in that. But you've got to realise that that he's not the solution long term, and I suppose that's your, your theory with Chris Russell, isn't it? He's not the long term solution at that number three or number four slot in that lineup. No, not to me. Yeah, I'd steer clear. They're not going to. But, which is too bad because they're they're starting to get some traction as a team. Yeah, and I I kind of want to see. McDavid do cool things, and he needs defensemen that can get him the puck with even more speed. Like he generates speed from a flat start like crazy right now, so he's gonna break through on his on his own when he's in his early twenties or nineteen. But if you can catch him already in speed, just see ya. <laughs> yeah. No, I I understand what you mean. Cliff Bomb's looking like he can certainly be that kind of a player as well. So it's. It will be interesting to see how they arrange the team around the, the quality talent they've got there. I mean, it was the, the big bugbear of the last couple of years of, of Shiro's and um, Bilesman's tenure was the lack of depth around the quality players. And it would, it'll be negligent if they can't get that right around McDavid's prime. Yeah, I don't I don't have too much more to add on the Russell thing because I don't want to bore the bore you listeners with the the, the super technical talk of it all. Go go to Twitter. You can find it in there. It just it bounces backwards and forwards. It's it is it's interesting to read because it's good to get different perspectives on it, but it can get quite technical. Yeah, but that's where that's where I am on it. So. Makes sense. Um, we have questions. This will be an, our indirect way of talking about the Penguins this week. <laughs> All right, what's Q number one? Uh, from Dalton underscore Mac, what's a realistic expectation in a fair-centered trade? Third-round draft pick? I would take any draft pick and no salary back, and I'd be very happy at this point. You just want the cap space. Yeah, I agree. Well, they have replacements on board in hand, and even then some. Cause well, you, they've got superfluous players at the Kuhn moment. Hagel got and yeah. Gensel were out of the lineup tonight. Right? Yeah, and you you know, and they're rotating those guys through. You know, Scott Wilson's spot at the moment, and really, Eric Fair should be the one on the rotation. So, I don't know. He's he's like a bottom five possession player in the league. If any team is even remotely interested in that kind of stuff, I mean, that's a tough sell. Uh, the offense isn't really doing much, and I thought I checked his shot suppression numbers on the PK, and I don't think they were that great. Well, the PK is 
the special teams on the Penguins roster at the moment is not fantastic. <laughs> I I think their power plays look pretty decent lately. Might not always score, but they've had good looks. But yeah, the PK well hasn't been great. I do wonder. Well, they gave up three power play goals tonight, so yeah, yeah. it hasn't been great. But you, you you look at it in regards to the last five or six games, and he's the one skater that's well. I suppose Benino's not quick either. Um, that just seems to struggle to get to the next spot on the rotation of the top two forwards. And I just think this team is is so predicated on on being quick that he he struggles to keep up, even when he's on the fourth line and and they're flying down the. He just seems late on everything at the moment. I think it's a bad fit for the team. Yeah, he's not a bad player, like you've said numerous times. Well, he may Good be sign. trending that way now. I mean, he could he could have hit that cliff. Possible, but it you'd is. still take the the two million signing. Yeah, I, I don't think the signing was a problem because he's. I, I do think he's movable and. How can a signing really be that bad if you make it, win a cup? He scored a few okay goals during that run. Yeah. Not that that justifies a, a bad contract, but I don't think it was at the time. Um, yeah. It certainly wasn't egregious. It wasn't, it wasn't No, but a, it, it can't be a bad contract if you can move it. And, and you're smart enough to realize that it's time to move it. Well, that's the next question, isn't it? Because you, you make the argument, are they playing fair because they're trying to showcase him? Are they not playing Gensel because of um, bonuses? Like, you, there's so many things involved. Hey, you're, st- you're stealing questions. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> we'll go back to that. Um, <laughs> I think it's more of the showcase thing. I don't... I hate saying that because it's like, what are you showcasing a guy? Every, every damn NHL team can pick up the center ice package and watch a guy on yeah. demand if you can get through the ads and if the product actually functions. But that's a different discussion with NHL TV. Yeah, well, it's got to work first. Um, if they want to really move him, I think there's easily a deal out there that could be had. Yeah, I, I can't I can't see that um, not happening. It'll just be a question of when. I mean, what are we into now? Game 26? I, I don't want an NHL salaried player back. Unless it's something like if a team is making like a, a, a just a, like a lower level version of Hall Larson. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you mean. Duclair. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be something stupid. Two million in cap space is good enough for me, especially when the next guy up is six hundred grand. Well, it's yeah, it fits the system a little better. I mean, if you got who do you who do you think slower in the forward ranks, Benino or Eric Fair? Who's what? Slower skating wise, like just oh. purely on skating ability. Ooh, probably Benino, but. But he makes up for it with his smarts and his nifty stick work, and that's, I suppose, the difference. A little more lately, he has. He's, he was not off to a very good oh, start. Oh, he's, he's struggled. 
No doubt about that. He, yeah, he's he's been having a rough go. But he has uh, been been better lately. He's been putting some points up. Even the nights that he's on the wrong side of possession, it's a, it's a mild loss, whereas before he was just getting caved in. Caved in, yeah, good call. So, yeah, that's that's what I feel on the uh, the fair front. I guess we could segue backwards into this next question from Boxcar Trav four one two. Do you miss having to write how terrible Sutter was each month? Not hating, honest question. <laughs> well, it was a topic at least for you. I I don't miss it, of course. <laughs> I, I don't get anything out of being critical of, of a player, especially one like him that I was very critical of because I thought it merited discussion um, that he needed to be moved on. And until he was, I kept finding reasons to, you know, yeah, uh, sell the point that he should move on. I don't miss it. I don't like. I don't like get anything out of being overly critical. I guess I don't. I don't let. Like I'm not sitting there writing those articles. Like <laughs> I got that fucker today. Do you find when you write a critical article or when the team's not going well, you get more traffic? Oh yeah. Traffic went down for the cup win. Which is ridiculous, but I suppose it's because people don't want to read about a successful team, which is bizarre to me. But, yeah, I just, he was really bad. And it was interesting to kind of find different ways. And <laughs> Well, it's funny. I say that, but it, like... I'm trying to to look at all the reasons why, like, his it kind of ties into the Russell thing actually. Um, his on ice save percentage was like insanely high, and I'm thinking, I'm watching these games. There's literally nothing he's doing here that would sp- scream, "Hey, I'm helping my goalie out a lot tonight." <laughs> so it was kind of where I started looking into that kind of stuff and trying to figure out what what certain things drive certain stats and you know what I found was players really don't have much of a say in that kind of stuff and, and a big reason people defended him was the, the goals for stuff and, and I don't think he had much to do with it um, but he did have 20 goals and that's legit and that's okay if but it came get... at a big cost if you're going to get 20 goals out of your third-line center, he'd want to be pushing play the other way as well, and he wasn't. He was getting caved in, like you said. Yeah, it's amazing that his his play was that bad to where I think it negated a 20-goal season, which is really good. Yeah. Well, did you not say the other day that 20 goals in the current NHL is like a first-line production? Uh, I don't think it's quite that, but... It's pretty close. You get, it's closer to 20 than it should be. Yeah, which sucks, but, you know, there you go. So, no, I don't miss it. Um, and I won't miss the flurry stuff. 
No, I won't either. I'm over the argument as well. I, I'm just trying to be right. You know, that's what I'm paid to do. Try to be right. I'm not all the time. Nobody is, but I can't not be critical if the numbers are pointing me that way. At least in my opinion. The only reason you, you, you would allow yourself to deviate from what the numbers are showing is an emotional tie to something or, you know, something like that, which yeah, is why... I, I probably come off as really cold sometimes, but, yeah, but because you, I'm trying to totally strip that away. You have to. If you want to get there and, and write the stuff that you do and, and write um, objectively, then you have to strip away the personality of the player and look at the results and that's it. And it's the, the hard part about doing it. That's the challenge that some of these general managers have failed at as well. So, yeah. Well, we did get a non uh, penguins hockey question, which is Jake Dobbs. 10 is Patrick line. A the runaway Calder right now. His goals are just so dominant. Um, Runaway's probably a little bit strong, but he's the leader in the clubhouse. He is indeed. Um, right. If Pittsburgh actually commit to a goalie, I think that might do him in, but we'll wait and no, see. No, I don't, I don't think it would. What do you have to get as a goalie, numbers-wise, to even be in the conversation then? He would, he would have to, like, start almost all the games the rest of the year. That's not going to happen. Well, then he's, yeah, he's not going to get it. And, yeah, if that's the case, then, yeah, Patrick Lone is he got definitely... hurt, now he's splitting. He missed a month. Now he's splitting games. There's, yeah, he's, no. He's, um, Lone, have you got to watch Winnipeg play much at all? Um, just a little, not as much as I think I'd like to, because I, I, I like a lot of the players. He does such a good job of just floating around and, and just getting out of the way, and then all of a sudden he's in the right spot. And that wrister that he lets off at the top of the circles is Ovi like. It's just great. Like you get there and go, you're not going to see another Ovi for, for maybe forever, but he's a pretty good young replica of the guy. And they do play very different types of hockey, but geez, he can shoot that puck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is, he's scoring from distance. Not even screen distance. No. There was a really good tweet with um, images of where Line A scoring his from and where Sid's scoring his from. And the lines from the shot to the goal are a lot longer on Line A's than they are on Sid's. Yeah, he's. And, and what a weapon. To have to be because you don't always get into that Royal Road area. And um, Line A flashed off his playmaking on the overtime game winner the other night. Yeah, beautiful exactly. pass. So, I mean, I think he's my, my leader. I think there's um, an, a player that has not been talked about enough. Warren, that, yeah, that's where I was going. Um, yeah. I, he's been tremendous. And a big big driver in one of the reasons why um, uh, Columbus is surprising and not a joke. Yeah, how'd that happen? 
No, I've no I'll have to delete that Metro uh, preview. No, I'm sticking by it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we kind of have to, so. <laughs> he's got 17 points in 24 games. That's He's a defenseman, by the way. So Yeah, just in case you weren't sure, he plays the back end. I think that's pretty great. Don't have his possession numbers in front of me, but I'm sure they're... I think the big thing for Columbus is that their goalie is making... He's pushing 60 points on pace four. That's brilliant as a rookie defenseman. Is the issue within the fact... He's he's what they thought Jack Johnson was. Yeah. Is basically what that is. But is being in Columbus going to be his problem? No, he's going to be... He's going to help them a lot. Oh, he's, he's good, 53%. Yeah, he's no, no. He's what great. I meant was no. I'm just I just looked up his uh, possession. I'm talking out loud, interrupting you like a jackass. Uh, it's 53.3 though. He's he's having a, a whale of a season so far. But is being in Columbus going to stop him from getting the notoriety that he's probably going to deserve? Lenny's in Winnipeg. I mean, yeah, but he's also the number two draft pick. All eyes are on him. It's still Winnipeg. No offense. I mean, I, I think the markets are pretty even there. Maybe a edge to Winnipeg just because it's Canada. Yeah. But Columbus um, is a good. Those numbers are impressive, man. Yeah. Who else? Who else is in this uh, conversation right now? I think it's tough with the Maple Leafs because they'll split. And there's three Marner, of them. Yeah. Nylander, Marner, and and obviously Matthews. They've all been great. And I think even among the voters that are, well, I, I say this without knowing who votes on the damn award. I can't keep track of who votes for what fucking award in this league. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know what you mean. So, all right, say there are like, it's a writer's-based vote. The Toronto writers, they're all going to, they probably not all agree on one way to do it. So you're going to get splits there. No, you mean. Who the hell else is a rookie? I feel like I'm missing somebody. There, there'll have to be somebody that that we're MIA on. I'm just I'm trying to rack through my head at the moment, just looking down through the the list. Jimmy Vesey. Oh, okay. He the, he's having a good year. It's uh, it's not Yamir Yager. We can rule <laughs> him out. No, that's true. There's, there's nobody else that I can think that sticks out that goes, you know, look at me, look at me. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to look it up. Doesn't NHL.com allow you to look it up by rookies for some reason? No idea. I don't even bother looking at stats on that site anymore. Fair enough. I don't blame you. I use it for standings and game results. That's it. It's probably the best way to go about it. <laughs> but I, I can't... I suppose it, it shows you that there's no no breakaway winner for this award at the moment, and it's not a massively long list of candidates. But yeah, I think... Would you agree, Line a? Yeah, I, I agree. 
and and I think rightfully so, goal scoring is looked upon as a more difficult task than assists. We did okay. I'm looking at the points for rookies. I, I figured it out. Took me forever. Yeah. Um, line A's in the lead. Matthews is right there at 19. Marner has 19. Wierenski at 17. Nylander, 16. VC, who you brought up, 15 points. I guess Konechny. Konechny? A Philly. I think that's right. That's I don't think he's quite on uh, uh, a Calder level, but he's he's a nice rookie too. That sounds that sounds about right. What you've you've come up with there, but yeah, I, I think you're right. He's definitely the leader in the clubhouse at the moment, and something would have to go very wrong, or someone would have to totally explode to sort of change that at the moment, wouldn't they? And we we know that players can catch hot streaks in this league, and and all the players that we mentioned are certainly um, more than talented enough to do just that. So. We'll have to see. Definitely. All right. Jordan, 16, Faulkner. What do you guys do with Pouliot? Sully said he needs to play. Let Daly walk. Plug him in next year. Trade for a young winger. <coughs> um, yeah, eventually you're going to have to give him NHL games. I mean, <laughs> what, do you, what are we doing here? I would. They've got that little rotational basis going on on the fourth line. I'd throw him in with Daly and Marder and rotate the three of them through that second pairing. I think that's totally fair. Because they're the they're the they're the one pairing that's not. They're the one pairing that has a negative, Corsi most of the time. So it's not like they're you know one of the best third pairing D, D pairs in the league at the moment like we've currently got. They're sort of a, a bit of a hole, so if they're not perfect, rotate them around and just see what what happens. But he's got to play, play. some. I mean, play. If you, you can't just sit on him forever. It's kind of a dick move. It's a little Sprung-like, to be honest. Not really. Sprung can only go to juniors. It, Pouliot's way past that point. No, I know, but the fact that they had him there and he just sat, different coach, I know, but I just sit there with it and it's like, what the hell is going on with all of this? You know what I mean? You and I both think he can play. He can push possession. His numbers have shown that he pushes possession when when he's on the ice. But don't just sit him when he makes an error. It just seems that there's always one young player that gets burnt from coaches that expect, I think, far too much out of a guy straight away. I don't think Mata's had a great year. Um, he gets a lot more leash. But I think he's, he was really fortunate to, to play with Niskanen that year. Him and Niskanen were playing in the Schultz-Cole role. That's the big thing, usage. And Niskanen is... Put it this way, I cannot confidently say that Schultz and Cole should, because of how they're playing right now, and and it is really good, can play in top four on a regular basis. Matt Niskanen certainly can. Uh, Ali Mata, you you thought, 
um probably still can but like there's more questions i think than we thought that were going to be with him well it looks it looks partner driven more so than martyr driven you think at, at the moment yeah i don't know like... regardless of who he's played with i haven't really been too impressed the last year and a half no, that's, or so. That's sort of what I mean. Like, Marta's really good parts were driven by his partner. And, and Daly's not a good enough top four defenseman to carry another defender to a, to a better level. So the contract that they've doled out to Marta, was it six years? Yeah. Yeah, and the contract rate that he's on with no no movement clauses means that he's movable. So it's not a bad signing. No, you do no, they get... could move him easily and get value, I think. Bingo. And that's the thing. Probably a Jacob Truba. It will come down. <laughs> or a Dougie Hamilton. It will come down to when they think they have to cut ties because he's not going to improve or whether... Because he, he's probably the slowest skating defenseman on the top. I think he's slower than Cole. Oh, and... there's no question. Yeah, and, and so you look at that, just... What he can offer doesn't fit into what Pittsburgh do. That's the, the other thing. He can't get up the ice quick enough. Um, if he misanticipates pinching to keep the puck in the zone, he's got no recoverability skills whatsoever. Um, it, it, it doesn't fit into a into a team that is so hyper aggressive on the on the forecheck that you you've, if you slightly miss uh, on a on a pinch, you're screwed. So. Um, that's where I think Pouliot would be better in that sense, in that he's got the skating skills to, to make that recovery. To what where Daly might give up a shot on a two-on-one, he can at least get back to force his stick in the lane. Yeah, so... Yeah, they've kind of cornered themselves on this Pouliot thing. I don't think... I don't think it could have gone worse for him so far. No, well, I suppose unexpectedly, Cole and Schultz have, have done brilliantly. So there's nowhere in the traditional third-pairing sheltered role to, to dump Pouliot and test him out. You're not going to mix up that pair. Not right now. I don't think you should. No. I mean, Pouliot's injury couldn't have come at a worse time for him, but they need to give him a 20-game stretch where he doesn't come out and they can get a feel for what he's like inside what Sullivan requires. And he's not got that opportunity yet. And he's not going to get it. You're not going to bench daily for 20 games, Mata for 20 games. Like, that, it's just not going to happen. No. Injury no. would be the only way. And, and I'm you certainly don't... not looking for that. No, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> so. But that, that's what he needs. He needs to get some consistent playing time. And, and his, his value on the trade market would be so low, it would be it would be negligent to just throw him away uh, in another deal, like as a bit player in, a, in another trade, which is where about the only place I think you could do something with him at the moment. Ready for non-hockey? Yeah, throw it on me. Uh, XO Deadpool OX, Mr. Derek James Callow says, best Christmas movie. Oh, <laughs> and I suppose 
Christmas movie in quotations. Um, what constitutes a Christmas movie? Because um, I actually saw Die Hard on TV today. Oh, that's technically a Christmas movie, yeah. Uh, big fan of that. That's that's certainly in the running. That's that's got to be right up there, actually. Uh, do they have any quirky Australian Christmas movies that maybe us North Americans are not aware of? You see, this is the thing. I'm sitting there <laughs> trying, trying my hardest to think of ex- exactly what you just asked, and I couldn't come up with anything that is a Christmas-based movie, but a movie that sort of tends to come on at that time of the year. Because for us, it's summer, right? So it's the dead time of the TV season. So Oh, that's all... that's also valid for you. It, it is funny that you're... <laughs> it is summer. We're the reverse. Yeah. So, you know, they usually just throw on repeats of, of Australian stuff that's, that's done well, and one of those is, is called The Castle. So that usually comes on. And it's a good movie to sit down and just watch... You know, when you're um, too full of food or it's, you know, 45 degrees and you can't move. So um, that would probably be what I would I would pick for a Christmas time movie. But it's not it's definitely not Christmas themed. <laughs> what? what are we doing here? <laughs> like, there isn't there isn't a Christmas themed movie. It's just it comes on at Christmas every year. It's always on at that time of the year. Come on, there must be some VHS tapes lying around of some of the the American movies. Oh, I'm trying to think of stuff that I've watched when I was a kid, and you know, the Peanuts Christmas movie. That's probably one of the ones that I would watch. All right, good piano song in that one. Yeah, but you know, I like the thanks the Peanuts Thanksgiving and the new Peanuts movie that just came out. I find them all really really cool. Um. That's that's what I'd go with. I'd Tell go you what with won't be on the list: "Jingle All the Way" by Arnold what Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I just have a list in front of me. <laughs> um, Home Alone is probably my favorite. Look, that popped into my head, but then I went, "No, nah, I can't do that either." Why? I don't know. I just, I think I've just outgrown the stupidity of it, which was great when I was a kid, but. I just can't go back to it. When's the last time you watched it? Oh, it probably popped on TV a couple of years ago. And you didn't like it? No. Jesus. I love slap, I love slapstick stupid humor. Trust me. I really do like that stuff. But... Harry, where are your shoes? Barf, why the hell are you dressed like a chicken? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All that That's sort great. of stuff. Yeah, but you, you're a massive Dumb and Dumber fan, and I've never really understood that movie either. Oh, so yeah. We, Obviously, have a diversion in movie tastes. Yes, ours you don't know, have I'm... any kangaroos, and oh, don't you dare <laughs> stereotype me with that! It's funny. I just taught the anti-stereotype unit in health class this past month, see, and, here, and here I am. Actually, Bro, I show Home Alone in health. <laughs> no, I do. I do it at the end of the first aid unit. I, t- I, I, I we sh- we watch the movie, and it's usually during Christmas time. And um, I tell the kids they they got to pick like three or four different injuries and treat them. So Have you got... ever had a smart ass kid just say, "Don't go into the house"? That's how you treat them all. <laughs> well, they can write that, but I'm not so sure their uh, <laughs> the rubric will appreciate it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Home Alone, love it. Even Home Alone 2. 
See, I would just throw on the Star Wars trilogy if I was going to watch anything oh, over then, Christmas. You know, definitely a Christmas movie, though, Star Wars movies. Exactly. There's snow in the second one, and there's lots of sun in the first one, so it works for both hemispheres. Yeah, I... I, I know you're not a Star Wars fan. I'm not anti, I just... I don't know. It ain't, it ain't for me. You won't be going to see Rogue One at Christmas. You know, I would kind of like it if I... Maybe I'll catch up on them. I won't watch the prequels. I heard that's not worth worth it. No, it's... Uh, I don't know. I'll watch them every now and then, but if I'm doing I stuff around... Four, house, it was okay. I th- it's funny, you know, because you didn't... That's the original. Up, yeah, it's funny because you didn't grow up watching it. It would be difficult to watch and go... All this technology is crap. No, I can get around that. I understand that. That wouldn't that wouldn't ruin it for me. I totally understand that. Uh, it's the one thing that I wish that they could fix in the when they did all the special editions was the the digital displays and stuff that they had when they'd show the Death Star plans and all those sorts of things. It would have been really cool if they'd have just shimmied in something else into that rather than trying to fit in extra large monsters that don't really fit the scene. Yeah. Well, I think um, my mine's Home Alone, Die Hard, right there. It's pretty obvious that I don't actually. And know. yours is some fucking thing about a castle. Look it up. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will. Uh, good grief. So there, there's your pop culture. <laughs> Not a strength of ours. Uh. No, that's exactly right. <laughs> We're not going to go much into this one, but uh, G-E-R, Gerds Eleni 25, Eric Fair, period. Why? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we already covered that? <laughs> yes, we, we did. Um, Real Chris Cote, do you play hockey or school? <laughs> tie into our mcdavid uh it is a little bit you just tweeted out that shitty movie i did you can have a look at (laughs) have a look at the imdb oh god all right do you do you play hockey or school i play school i don't play hockey yet okay i do both in daily and then i mix them i start I play school every day as a health teacher, and then I go to coach the school hockey team, so I'm combining the two. And then, on some days, I have my own games. So, there. So, you're proving Patrick more on maroon role. So, I kind of do both of them individually and then together. How well-rounded. Exactly. So... I played more hockey than school up until my, like, uh, getting close to my master's degree kind of era of schooling. That's for sure. That GPA Uh sure climbed up when I was done with hockey. That's very funny. Like a 2.4, 2.5 when I was playing hockey, and then it was like a (laughs) 3.85 when I was done. A little bit of Correlation, maybe? Yeah, there was strong, strong correlation there, so... (laughs) What's the R2 on that? 85. (laughs) 
That's good enough for me. Um, Orion's belt 10. Any thoughts on McDavid being held out due to the concussion protocol? All right, so we covered him <laughs> off at the start. Well done. Uh, will Crosby win the Rocket Richard from J.J. Wayne J.? The only issue I have with, with saying yes to that is that's, that's betting against be Ovi. That's going to be tough. Because that's betting against Ovi, and it's just that's just that's Ovi's thing. Danger. Yeah. Sit down what low, was... though. Sit down low. He's he's there. He's going to keep yeah. scoring from there. Like his shooting percentage, um, as we discussed last week, it is going to go down, and it's already started to climb down a little bit, but. When you're there, it's not as hard, and he's been there. But the reason Ovechkin is so great, he doesn't have to be there. <laughs> he does it for more ever. Yeah, it's a good good point. And, and he has started the, to score goals. What was the year where it looked like he wasn't going to win it, and then he basically went on a goal-a-game tear for the last, I don't know, 25 or 30 games? It was just goal after goal after goal. He just went on a runaway tear. To kill it, I can't remember what year it was, and that—that's the fear I have of, of, of betting against Ovi. You get there and go, uh, he's seven or eight behind with thirty to go. He can't catch him. And the next minute, you know he's in front with ten games left. Yeah, here's the thing: he's got twelve goals in twenty-three games, which is better than a half goal a game. So that's forty-one goals. Yeah, he's at his league average, or he's at his career average shooting percentage: twelve point four for the career, twelve point eight right now. He scored 50, shooting 12.6 last year. So he's hovering right around, and he just needs to get more shots and not have his shooting percentage get better or worse, and he's there. So I think Sid could do it. I mean, he did. He did when he was yeah. younger. He, he tied because Stamkos got a goddamn empty net goal on the last day. But um, <laughs> no bitter feelings there. No, but Sid scoring like he's like those years. I mean, he can. He's put himself in a position where he certainly can. And I did not think that when he missed the first six games, because Sid's not really been kind of goal heavy. The last is it seven? Years. Is it seventeen in twenty or seventeen in twenty one? He missed six, didn't he? Tonight would be his 20th game. Yeah, so it's 7, 17. 8, and 20. He's shooting 24%. We yeah. know that's not going to hold. <laughs> but he... Um, 17 goals in, nine, in 20 games is it's great. He had 32 and 41 when he got blasted in the head. Fun to watch. The year before that was 51. So, 51 goal year, he shot 17%. He's at 24 now. He could probably maintain 17% considering where he's been shooting from. Well, that's that's the thing. You assume that his shot quality won't fall off the map as well. But he's comfortable where he's scoring from. Not if he stays down low. Exactly. 
Yeah, he's he's been great <laughs> every night. He he broke his longest scoring drought tonight. It was one game. <laughs> so you tweet that out? Not, not points, goals. <laughs> like, damn it, he, he he didn't score tonight. Oh, got one the next game. That team in itself is. As, well, I think you and I both tweeted this. If you're not entertained watching this hockey, I don't know what's going to entertain you, to be honest. That game tonight was awesome. It was. Um, every, for everybody but the goalies. One of them really, really cracked the shits, too. Some of those were tough saves, but you can't just make that as the excuse every time because every goalie's face tough saves on a nightly basis because it's the top league in the world. You just got to sometimes make them, you know? Yep. And he didn't tonight. I know that one, um, was it Hoffman? Fourth goal? That Yeah, yeah that's when he lost his shit. Yeah, it looked like, oh, my God. Well, first off, Carlson's pass was, was tremendous. Well, Carlson froze him to begin with. Like, that's, that's the whole... But he, he, you know, he didn't even give himself a chance. He slipped. And, you know, I, I know he didn't intentionally say, hey, I want to slip on this. But it happened. And, um, you know, four goals on 16 shots isn't... Well... I guess it was good enough because they scored eight fucking times, but you, you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I know, I know, what you, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But it's it's yeah. Look, it's just one of those things that they have to stop trying to play two goalies. They have to just commit with the one and go from there. It's easy to say that, of course. Well. I think Murray should get every start that's not a back-to-back, and then they split the back-to-backs. Yep, totally agree. We're at that point. Anything else is just, um, I think, making choices not based on hockey. Yeah, it's becoming, it, it, it comes down to that emotional thing that you need to steer clear of if you're a general manager. Well, I think the general manager's already stated that he he knows this. He said it wasn't so ideal. Ha- so what do you do? Try and piss the goalie off that much that he wants out? No, I don't think you have to. No, they just started him three times in a row. They're not certainly not trying to piss him off. Um, nor would they ever. Nor should they. Shouldn't they? Should have adult conversations about it. No, here's the deal. The writing is on the wall, and Fleury is not illiterate. you could tell the emotion of when he was pulled tonight. It's not lost on him. And he, he wants to go out on the high note with Pittsburgh and who could blame him? No, you're exactly right. I would think it would be silly if it was any other way, but that aside, you can't make the the decisions based on, on that kind of stuff. Even though that it, it's a real thing, but you know when you're at the pro level, it's, it's pretty 
pretty cold <laughs> sometimes. It, it has to be though. Like that's the that's the problem. See, it's questions and, com- and conversations like this that that get me blocked by the agent. Do you get blocked by Alan Walsh? <laughs> yeah. Who knows what it could have been for? Oh, good grief! I've never added him, so certainly wasn't something like that that's good alan keep reading my stuff yeah exactly what other clients you got here yeah i mean i didn't like seeing that guy that's trying his best to just wants to to do really well and it's just not happening at times and and the pressure knowing this this guy's already taken my job they gave me three starts in a row god damn it why did it have to be a bad start oh yeah you want you completely understand why the frustration was there oh for sure it just sucks that's all but um you know even murray gave up one right away but he really tried not to. That that power play was in the zone for like the whole time. Yeah, in the zone for forever. That was a he made a lot of good saves, but that keeping by Stone. Speaking of Stone, he made that keeping to batted it out of the air to keep it in the blue line during that power play, and then the batting in of the puck below the crossbar, the patience shown on that. That, that was, was brilliant. That was, that was that was really cool. Smart cookie. Very, very much so. It was very impressive to see that go in the way it did. I think Carlson was, I guess, four points are good <laughs> for a I, defenseman. And, he, you, you and watch- maybe the most impressive play he made. Well, that might be going a little bit far, but remember the play on the side of the net that Sid had and almost the any, any plug in the league's just going to be like, Oh shit, I got the puck right near the goalie. I'm going to shoot this. Sid puts yeah. on like five different juke moves. And then he's like, Oh, you're way out of the net. I'm going to try a wraparound. And I bet you on a lot of nights that wraparound goes in the net, but Carlson got there. The argument that Carlson isn't any good in, in his zone is bogus for me now. And has been for quite some time. But when you watch him in a game against your team and know the ins and outs of, of what the players of, of you know your team can do, and you see how he nullifies the best players on your team and you know the best player in the world, it's just magical to watch him do that. And then see how he create generates offense for his team the other way. And he's he's in a different category to Latang, who is awesome. Yeah, and it actually Carlson did a great job. There was a, a Latang rush. It was a nondescript play. I only remember it because I was like, it's rare to see a guy step up on Latang and get like all of them to slow his momentum down completely. And I was like, oh wait, that was Carlson. He stepped up and just fucking drilled him. Not like a huge Latang fell down kind of hit, but like when Latang gets speed going. It's tough to catch him right and then just slow him completely down. Oh, exactly. And and he made that play and he made it look really easy too. Uh, it's, he's an impressive defenseman. There's no 
no other way to look at it, and he got robbed an award. And not that, you know, they severely care about those awards, maybe, but <clears throat> I still can't work that one out. Well, I can. When Jay Weber gets it delivered this year. All right, I should say I'm disappointed in regards to how it works out. That would be better. Because I, yeah, I get why. It's just the ridiculousness of it is uh, frustrating. So, uh, Brian Russ tonight, huh? Yeah, that's not bad effort, is it? <laughs> he, he, he pulled off the three-fifths Lemieux, and I think he did it the, the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> Got an empty net. A penalty shot. Those those aren't common. And I think he did the... Got uh, the opening goal. The what goal? He got the opening goal from Gino's pass. Oh, yeah. Even strength. So he just yeah. needed the shorty and the power play. Oh, is that all? <laughs> yeah, right. But I do think the penalty shot and the empty net are in the same game. That's a tough, tough accomplishment. Let alone to add a yeah. third goal on top of it. Oh, Mario, <laughs> the things you did. No, the, the, the Rust um, penalty shot sequence, the entire thing, is um, that's, your, that's your modern depth player. He doesn't go point. out of it his way to make hits. He just uses speed. Is he, is he shy? No. Certainly physically engages, but... Super fast. Penalty shot. You see the, the quote-unquote grinder. He's got that move in his bag of tricks. <laughs> and, and to even get the initial breakaway, he read the play with the speed, uh, picked the D-to-D -D pass off, and then just blew away. And, you know, he's not making plays or having games like this all the time, but... That's why he's a depth player, but the fact your depth player can do that and under a mill, and I know that, that will eventually change, but that's how you win Stanley Cups, yes? Yes, it is, and that's that's how you've got to go about doing it. I believe he was the one that scored Eastern Conference Final Game 7, two goals, 2-1 two, win. Yeah, I think that was him, actually. Good call. So I just thought it was a really great sequence by him it really flashed why the penguins are good because um, he's not a top six winger but he he fills in time to time and he's certainly certainly not a liability in the bottom six what this is this is the thing like i have a lot him him and sherry are a conundrum for me i mean you play them up and down the lineup because sherry's had the hands of Pascal Dupuis uh, of late where everything's just slightly falling off his off his stick or he's just missing stuff at the moment. How long as a coach, seeing as you do coach, do you let a player try and play his way out of the fumbles before you get there and go, we've got to get somebody else in there who might take better advantage of the grade-A scoring chances that are being created for him? What's the season sample size? What's the track records of the players? What's you said I'm a coach, but my season's twenty games long. I don't really have a super long luxury of. So we can extrapolate it then. So Times whatever you think by four. 
like I said, it, it really depends how how bad is the player playing right now to where you're thinking of making the change. Well, that's the thing. Like, what, Sherry what, seems, fundamentally, he seems to be doing everything right. It's just that when it comes to the, the 3%, so the, the ability to finish what he starts or the ability to finish what somebody else starts just seems to be missing at the moment. Whereas, for me, ignore... He's a, he's a bad eye test player in the sense of his puck handling because a lot of the gaffes look bad but he's in spots where other players wouldn't be quick enough to get to so they're not they're not in a spot to even look like they're making that mistake so he's almost being penalized for darting in these areas yeah and this from the eye test the question for me i don't have i get it i totally understand it there are plays tonight where i'm like ah connor just get a handle on that but then he goes all Kunitz on Sid's goal, gets pressured, leaves a floaty pass into space, and goodbye, Sid, blast off through the neutral zone. Nobody probably looks to that during the Sid goal. They just see him blow through, see a guy try to hook him. That's how fast he was going. He couldn't even get a stick on him to hook him. And the mint shot that Sid puts in the net. Actually, they did call a penalty on that, you know. Did they? Yes, they did. The official had his arm up for the hook. Boy, that senator did not get his money's worth. Now, yeah. Now, secondary question to, to that exact example. Would it help goal scoring if they actually still called the penalty on goal scored on a delayed penalty? So you've scored. The penalty's been well, there. Well, that's never They're been a thing. No, I know, but rather than increase the size of the goddamn net, I'm nets, down with that. <laughs> oh, well, that's a tough one. It is. This is why I'm asking you the question. No, I don't think I would. Yeah, I, I love I love the thinking idea behind it. Ultimately, I don't think I would. If he still scores, I mean. But if he's good enough to score, so the theory behind that is if he's good enough to so score, every why delayed penalty they, that, that we score on, they, you still get the power play. Yeah, that's that's my point. It's like if you're good enough to score on a delayed penalty, why should that negate the fact that somebody's already? You here's know, here's why I say no. In my perfect world, you made the call. That's all I want. Just make the calls. 0506 style. That's it. And I don't need that rule. Okay. Yeah, if you're going to give me 0506 rules, I'm good with you. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I don't need. I mean, geez, could you imagine a team like Pittsburgh or Washington? They, they get fortunate enough to where they score on a delayed penalty, and then boom. <laughs> right back that's, at you with a power play. That's kind of my point. I know, but I think that's it's. Which means one of two with no goals, gonna, It sounds. I think it's too. You're much. either going to score two goals in the space of two minutes, or teams are going to not hook you and hold you, so you get more five on five play. Open five. Logically on five speaking, I would say no because of the reasons I just stated. Um, the league 
the NHL doesn't work on logic. <laughs> so knowing that they don't call penalties now, I would be in favor of it. But I would rather see penalties just be called. Normal. And by my normal, not their normal. Yep, I know what you mean. Yeah, and, you know, it's been well documented how much better we think it would be if they actually um, called some penalties. So, Got one more. Yep, yep. Uh, Kevin Hussey for, or is it Hussey? I don't know. Is there some sort of AHL-NHL rule about number of games played that would justify not playing Kensel? Which I thought was a good question. Um, it is. Yes, I think there may be. And I actually reached out to the great Mike Colligan. What'd he say? What'd he say? <laughs> I gotta find it. There it is. Mike responded... A 258,000 bonus would lead to penalty. Likely requires 42 games played minimum. And he added his own personal um, opinion. Better to sit him now. So I think once we get past the 40-ish game mark in the season, or even sooner because he hasn't played all year, um, which is creeping up. It's got to be. He's not going to hit 42 games. He has. He didn't even play in the first 15. Yeah, but he only has to play the last 41, and he's over the limit. Yeah, but he's, they're, they're already past. They're going to be past that point almost. They're already at what 26 games. Yeah, but if you play the rest of the way, that's still 50 plus. I don't think they are. They should, but yeah, you're right. They're not. I can see that part of the strategy. And I, I wasn't thinking that way. No, I have to admit my thought process behind it wasn't I, I didn't even, I didn't like even that, consider so. it. That wasn't even on my radar. No, but whoever brought that up, nicely done. So, I mean, he is one of the 12 best forwards. If I want to just look at it from a hockey point of view, I mean, totally. Yeah, play. But here's the other part of it. I don't give a shit about 260 grand of a bonus for next year if Flurry and Fair are off the books. No. No, that's a good point. You do have to sort of weigh all that up, don't you? You know what I... Like, all right. I'll I'll pay the two fifty k. Oh, fares two millions off the books. Yeah, that that ain't so bad. So I think there was somebody tweeted, and this probably rolls into all of this overage stuff we're talking about. What do you think Justin Schultz is going to end up getting on the open market next year? He's not on the open market. He's an RFA again. Is he an RFA again? Yeah. So, will, okay, so next question, which is probably what I should have asked the first time, will he price himself out of Pittsburgh's window? 
Well, I hope for him he does. Yeah, it's a good point. Well, here's the deal with Justin Schultz. I never had a problem with the the trade. That was, I mean, boy, that stink in Edmonton. Just it's tough to wash off sometimes, unless you're a total stud. Those that have have managed to do well. You look at Dubnik and you look at what Schultz has been able to do away from it. Schultz has been really good this year. Um, Usage, usage. I think if you really want to commit to Schultz or you're thinking about it, I think you got to elevate that role and really kind of figure it out. Pittsburgh was two points off the NHL lead in points. Uh, Entering action tonight, they won. Um, They may be tied for the... Nah, they're point behind. Just one point? Just one point behind Montreal. Where did Montreal play tonight? No, but it's 36, 35, 35, then in New York. Supposed to be two points. Ah, whatever. Point stands. Yeah, they're, they're, they're in a great spot to to fuck around with the lineup. I would give Justin Schultz uh, some tougher minutes, and if if that is if you want to extend him past this year, you gotta put it this way: his price point is not going to be that of a bottom pairing defender, at least in my opinion, if it continues this way. So you better figure out if you want to use him above a bottom pairing defender. And there's actually room for him to get the promotion because the Penguins' right defense depth is not great. Daly will be gone. Or maybe not gone, but I don't think he's going to be considered for a top four right role. He he shouldn't be. If If they manage their assets right, he shouldn't. So there's opportunity for Schultz. I don't know how comfortable I'd be with that. I boy, I'd really need to see a big sample of him step up into the big boy role. What's big enough? Twenty games? No, not really. But I would take twenty games. I don't think is I don't it, think we're gonna get twenty games. Is my point? Because it's one of those things where you look at the way he and Cole have played. You go, perfect, just keep him in that role. Don't don't overextend them, and, and you can win that third-pairing matchup that often teams lose severely on um, when it comes to the possession game. And, and it does help that they do get substantial minutes with Crosby on the ice, so they're getting sheltered that way or as well. Mal- or just... Malkin. Or... Yeah. Like, I mean, sheltered to an extent. I mean, you're always going to get your shifts with those guys. But it, 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 it's one of those things, though, when if you, if you are going to do the 4x4 the four four with Schultz, it's like, okay, so who are you going to pair him up with? Who are you going to have him play I, behind? I would not make that deal right now. I wouldn't either. But it's just it's one of those things where – and this is where the, this is where the numbers can help. So this is what you would, ex, you would expect for I mean, not fall Then the other point <laughs> that I'm going to bring up, can, can he really – Outplay Latang and Truba? No, you're exactly right. <laughs> I mean, after the trade for Truba, it's going to be tough for him to, <laughs> to get into that role. So, so this is the thing. It'll be Truba 
for Martyr and Eric Fair. That's that's what I've called it. That's what it'll be. But can he really outplay Latang, Truba, and Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, Hamilton for Fleury. I keep forgetting these trades. I and, really and, do. And Fair for Truba. Fair used to play in Winnipeg. <sighs> God, we live in a fantasy world. Sometimes I love it. <laughs> um, but no, I I think the the Schultz question is is a really good one, and it's one that I don't have an answer to right now. I just gotta keep digging into. Well, the thing is, I don't. I really don't want to dig into the Edmonton numbers. I really don't think they mean anything. No, you have to look at what he's been here in a role where he's been given a chance to be successful. And, and this is the best you can get out of Schultz, I think. Um, I think Schultz can be a Trevor Daly, where maybe possession's not always the thing, but offense will be if you if you got him uh, playing with legit top six forwards. Yeah, well, I've, on I've a got, team that no, doesn't get buried all the time. Yeah, you, you do need to make sure he's got forwards that can help him to get out of his own zone. What I mean um, is. His relative possession may be low, but his actual possession probably on a good team is going to be fine. Whereas... I'm 50, yeah, I know what you mean. But he could be minus two. Edmonton was just, you know... Whose was it? But it, is, it is one of those things where you could get there and be a, a 51% Corsi guy, but relative to your teammates that you're on the ice, you could be a minus two. So you're getting carried by your teammates to be above that 50 mark. So... I get what you mean. Mata's minus five right now, something like that. Relative. What's his actual raw Corsi? Uh, I think I did Sorry. the chart for Fenwick. I'm going to look it up. So he was a minus 5% relative Fenwick 4 percentage, and he's at 48.9%. Raw. So if, if so. you were looking to try and trade a player one for one, relative to the team, would relative to the team be more important to you than just the raw Corsi number? No, I would want both. Yeah, okay. Because if you're minus now, once three, again, it, it's it, that... hey, if you're minus three, but you're like a 52% on like an awesome team, like, Hey, someone's got to be minus on that team. It's different if you're a minus relative player on a shit possession team. That's like, wow, okay. <laughs> That's not good. You and know what I mean? Again, I need Yeah, well, there's that word context that that makes the numbers relevant. You can't just throw them in a blender and go, oh, here you go. But then I also need offensive production. Is their offensive production good? If so, is it sustainable, or are we riding high shooting percentages? Um, you got to keep diving a little bit deeper. Again, the Trevor Daly thing. Yeah, I know. This, like this year, he's he's with Mata in the minus on the relative scale. They're both sub fifty percent. Trevor Daly last year is putting up a little bit more offense. You're like, yeah, well, you know, I'll live with it. Ali Mata. It, Classically speaking, great even strength point producer. Uh, not not this year. He's he's been terrible. He's actually zero point one six. Ish. 
And you know what? Dumoulin's right there with him, 0 0.29. And Dumoulin, man, it, that's a riddle. I watch him, big shot. He used to run the Baby Penguins power play, so you know there's ability there. He plays with Letang, which means he plays with Sid and Gino. What the hell gives? He's a good passer. Like, what the hell is going on? Why is he the most unluckiest player ever? Um, or are my eyes just completely lying to me? I, I don't know either. I don't know why he doesn't actually get more counting stats. I don't. I don't get it right. either. Like he's he was what expected goal scored last year was ten and he scored no, like no 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 zero no. Uh, he was more like at four and a half. I I broke it down that it was likelier that he would have scored ten goals last year than the zero he got. And he got one in the playoffs, and it happened to be the first in game six, I think. But yeah, the skill sets there that. The every he sort of seems to do everything but get the numbers. And if you're going to not get counting stats, you need to make sure you're pushing possession, particularly if you look at the players he's playing with. It is a bit of a riddle, dude. You're not wrong. No, it's strange. Because I think he's good. Hey, the coaching staff are a bit baffled as well. They sat him for a game. Actually, I missed the question. 15G, Bean Blossom, Dumo, Dumo or Mata on the top pairing. So we'll just continue to talk. I think it's it's Dumoulin. I, yeah, I agree. I think they got to trade Mata. I, I really do. But are you trading, are you trading Mata to get Truba? That, like a that, player that is the. I'm trading to get a right defenseman. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's. I just wanted to say that that's where we were headed Basically, with that. Basically, Truba and Hamilton are the publicized available ones. And yes, that I would be actively asking those teams what they want. Calgary with Brian Elliott playing just complete shit, which we. I don't think either of us predicted. That's another nope. part of the um, season preview podcast that we'll erase from memory. And um, <laughs> I think Calgary's the kind of team that would be like, oh, yeah, Flurry, if he would wait, we'd like to have him. Yeah, but then you get there and go, you can't blame Flurry for not waving. Flurry and Mata for Hamilton. And Elliot. No, I, would, I would, well, I could do that. Well, I think Elliot's a free agent. Yeah, that's why I'd take him. Because then you let him walk, and Jerry's technically supposed to come up and be the backup. Yeah, I would do that. Like, you know, it's a two-for-two two trade. Would they? No, they can't be that stupid, surely. They don't have the cap space, I don't think. I thought that would have balanced on oh, no, because oh, it's wait, not. Oh, wait, 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 wait. 5.7. Too little, too much, I think. Well, let's see here. Flurry's 5.75. Mata's 4. Mata's 4. We're good. Let's say Hamilton's 6 and 
825 Calgary pushing Pittsburgh's way for and a little 9ish It's close. Would you retain? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's that's how you'd balance it out. You'd have to retain and I would retain got... Flurry for yeah. like 500 grand or something. Yeah. And then that the thing is you're only allowed two contract retentions and that would be Flurry and, and Skidari. No, Skidari's up. Is Skidari down? Okay, I thought he was still I thought that was still retaining this year. Yep. Are we so really can... predicting a double restrain move? <laughs> this yeah, year, yeah. We're, this is the final. This is the final year the Penguins will pay Rob Scuderi. Yeah. All right. I thought there was one more year to go. That was that was the reason that I, I brought that up. No, it well, worked like, for this year. I like the fact that we've we've come up with this idea. I just don't think that Calgary is stupid enough to do something that rash for a defenseman that can quite clearly play but doesn't seem to fit the six foot six physical mold that that market seems to think Dougie Hamilton should be. But that's the weird thing. They'll accept a European Stanley Cup winner that's shown they can also play offense at even strength. Because Dougie Hamilton's supposed to be a Canadian boy. Yeah, that's Every stereotype I could throw at the reason they're not happy with him at the moment is is absolutely baffling. And just to be clear for the millionth time, I don't think Calgary should be making this deal. (laughs) (laughs) What he said. But I'm floating it. We have so much influence out there in the hockey world. We start floating this out there, it's going to come true. Damn it, I got Sutter traded. No, but if you garage league podcast boys drink twice, we answered a listener question about him. We should make them like finish the bottle. Yeah, let's see what state they're in the next time they do their podcast. You're exactly right. They should have to take the bottle. Which it's about due time, boys. When are you going to record next? So when are we going to get either one of those two boys on here anyway? Sure we will. As I'm talking shit to a podcast. Friends of the podcast. Um, that have no right of reply right Well, that too, but we went on our longest hiatus since we started the thing just recently. <laughs> Whoops. So, no pot kettle black. No pot kettle black on this podcast. So, Yeah. I don't think I have any other questions that came in. No, we actually covered off. Like I had a couple that came through. Um, Did you? Eric Adamantis asked about DP in or in his way out, so we we covered that off for him. Um, yeah, we've, and that that's basically it. Nobody ever tweets me when we ask these questions. Every it just goes to everybody else. Goes to you. And that's it. Well, when we open this up again. You're more than welcome to ask non-penguins questions. Yes. We're capable. Somewhat. Well, at least we but think we are. We, we will try it. <laughs> um, might even accidentally answer a question right. So. Ah, that'll never happen. Well, 
That does it. Certainly does. Yep, that was uh, it was easy to record this one. Uh, a lot of juices flowing after the eight uh, five win. Bring back nineties hockey. Hashtag bring back nineties. Actually, no, bring back early nineties hockey because if you bring back anything from ninety five and beyond, it's just garbage. Yeah. Although I would take ninety six again. Yeah, 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 but that's a biased. <laughs> <laughs> Still had uh, Lemieux, Yager, Francis, and uh, was Zubov on that team? I think so. He had yeah, Stracker. that was fucking good. Was well. yeah, it's just too bad Barrasso was just a fucking sieve. And they just, you know, clutch and grab Central as well. Well, the goalie could have made some saves too. Uh, look, don't go blaming goalies. I'm going to do that <laughs> forever. <laughs> fucking goalies. Um, and on that note, on the note that we talked a lot about Penguins on an 8-5 game where goalies wasn't their day, we will conclude with our promos. HockeyHurts.com, iTunes, rate us, please and thank you. Patreon.com slash HockeyHurts to uh, financially support the Hockey Hurts podcast. At Walshy66, at Gunnar Stahl, and HockeyBuzz.com is where you will find my Penguin articles. Did I miss anything? I believe not. You've done very well. Okay. Home Alone for the win. (laughs) Catch you next week, guys. Keep the change, you filthy animals.